You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you. And here in this first segment, we'll uh, just go through some assorted, assorted notes. Excuse me. There was some news on the um, TCU football front. Just some news and notes. So we'll run that down. The first one is interesting. Uh, the Frogs get another transfer from the University of Memphis. Earlier, got the big offensive line prospect and Ezzy Albina, um, who's coming over to potentially start at one of those tackle positions for TCU, which is big news, especially with you know the fact that TJ Stormit is uh, in the transfer portal. Found that out on Friday and talked about it on Monday um, that that he was gone. So adding to the offensive line depth there, but the new transfer for TCU from Memphis is a young man by the name of TJ Carter. TJ is a defensive back. Now he played corner at Memphis. He's 5'11", 190. He's from Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, he's a senior, so he's a grad transfer. Um, as a freshman, he uh, came on to campus at Memphis and immediately started, had uh, started all 13 games and had five interceptions, um, seven takeaways total, 16 passes defended, was a, a huge player for Memphis and ended up being an All-American on uh, ESPN.com. And then his sophomore and junior season, um, he didn't get all the accolades. Apparently teams really started throwing the ball away from him and didn't really challenge him as much. But he still played uh, in all 13 games in his sophomore and junior year, or excuse me, 12 or 14 games in his junior year. And then his senior year, uh, he was named to the Jim Thorpe Award preseason watch list, which is the award Trayvon Barrick won for best defensive back in the country. And uh, just was banged up. Didn't really play a whole lot. Was in and out of the lineup. And after graduation, was looking for a new home. So he ends up at TCU. And you might be saying, this guy plays corner. This is an interesting decision because, as I said yesterday, uh, TCU at that corner position is really, really deep. Um, you know, I mean, they have Travis Hodges Tomlinson coming back. Noah Daniels coming back. Keon Stewart. They're going to be pretty set. CJ Caesar. They're going to be pretty set at corner. But apparently, uh, according to Drew Davidson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Carter plays corner and safety. So he can play either for TCU. I would also say, I mean, I think I hope C.J. Caesar continues to improve. I think he has a chance to be really good. He struggled at times last year. So maybe Carter slides into that third corner spot, or maybe he steps into that safety position where there's going to be some pretty fierce competition because Trayvon Merrigan or Darius Washington are off to the NFL. So you suddenly have an opening for you know two of those three starting safety spots and who steps in there it remains to be seen but he would obviously be in the mix if he decides to make that move so a versatile guy again can play corner can play safety um, intriguing but tj carter the memphis product headed to tcu second player from memphis headed to tcu don't know if desmond baines doing some recruiting out there or if uh, Jeff Mitchell from 247 is is working on that. I'm obviously just joking, but TCU getting a nice little pipeline there with some Memphis Tigers and adding some depth to some much-needed positions, an offensive lineman, and now a defensive back. Looks like he might make that move to playing safety this year, so we'll monitor that as we move forward. Also, sort of a small note, but I saw this on FB Schedules, footballschedules.com, and they – 
uh, posts like non-conference schedules 10, 20 years in advance for college football and let you know who they're going to be playing. Uh, the SMU and TCU rivalry has been extended through the 2024 season, and that's according to the SMU website. Um, they did not play this year. We all know the story there. That game was canceled due to the pandemic. They tried to reschedule it. didn't work out. But they're going to play uh, through 2024. And I know a lot of you have strong feelings about this. This game, you don't want to play it. You think it's a lose-lose situation for TCU because if they win, it's just a win against a team that they should beat. It's a group of five school that doesn't really do anything to boost you know, their resume um, to help them in non-conference play. And then if they lose to an SMU team that always comes out and plays really hard, and of course they lost that game two years ago, and it's usually much closer than it should be because SMU throws everything they can at that game because it's a huge win for them if they can beat the Frogs, then you look silly, and it's a really bad loss, and it's embarrassing. I still think it's good for the two teams, and I know I'm in the minority of that. I know a lot of, especially younger TCU fans, think it's really silly that we still play SMU. But, I mean, I'll say this. It's a fun rivalry. It's, it's Fort Worth and Dallas. The schools aren't that far apart. It's historic. I think it's good for college football, especially with SMU becoming a better team um, under Sonny Dykes. I mean, it's it's kind of annoying. Like, I, I wish they weren't good, but they have been good. And as they've gotten better, and as they get better, I think it could become a resume-boosting win for TCU eventually. That's just how I feel about it. But those two schools are going to play through 2024. I know a lot of you are not super excited about that because, well, you know, we I kind of – explained it but you just don't really see SMU as a team that's on our level anymore or should be on our schedule anymore and finally uh, Jeremy Clark put this out on Twitter today TCU offensive lineman Blake Hickey is expected to return next season he'll officially be on scholarship he's a former walk-on and he started the last three games of the season so good news on that front we got the bad news that TJ Stormont was gone well Blake Hickey is going to stick around and Blake uh, as I said, started those last three games of the season. I think he can add either some much-needed depth for this roster going into next year, or you know, if he does win one of those jobs at that guard position, then he could possibly be a huge help for their interior offensive line and be a starter all year long. The O-line has to get better. They got better as the year went on. They were able to you know, unleash that talented kind of pool of running backs and get them going late in the season. And also give more time for Max Duggan. So whoever's standing back there, whether it's Max Duggan or Chandler Morris, throwing passes next year, they're going to need a clean pocket. They're going to need opportunities to make plays down the field. And that all starts up front. So Blake Hickey returning to TCU. Good news for Frogs fans. Um, another guy. You need as many bodies as you can on offensive line. Because as we saw this year, uh, it looks like you know at any given moment someone can get hurt. And we're waiting now to hear what Austin Myers can do. He can come back for another year or he can leave. So I'll keep you posted on that decision as well. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Coming up next, let's talk some TCU baseball. Preseason ranking came out this week, so I'll let you know where the Frogs fall. We'll do that coming up. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into our next topic, let's talk about it. It's betonline.ag. I've been telling you about it lately. They're your online sportsbook experts, and championship weekend in the NFL is coming up. You might not be a big NFL person. You might be thinking to yourself, how do I get invested in this game? Like, I want to watch, um, you know, Packers and Bucks. I want to watch 
Chiefs and Bills, but I don't really root for either of these teams. Why don't you uh, wager a little money on it? Why don't you try to make yourself some money? Use betonline.ag as your guide. If you use the promo code LOCKDOWN, they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus. They have the latest lines, the prop bets. They'll give you advice on how to bet, who to bet, and then you can also get your latest sports news there too. Betonline.ag, it's your one-stop shop for all things sports. Try to make some money. Also, learn more about the game, lines, prop bets, everything you need for championship weekend and college basketball. Again, that's betonline.ag. Back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you, and let's talk some TCU baseball in this next segment as we inch closer to what we hope is a season that starts in February. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, we're still kind of waiting to see what the Big 12 decides to do. I believe the athletic directors are meeting today to vote on a schedule. So hopefully I'll have an update for you on Wednesday about where we stand with TCU baseball and the schedule for the season. I know the coaches were interested in doing a 32-game conference schedule, and that would mean um, four-game series every single weekend, which would be fun. I don't know how they'd split that up. I don't know if they'd do Thursday through Sunday or if they'd try to sneak a doubleheader day in there. But that's what they were looking at. The 80s will have to meet, of course, though, and approve that. And we'll get some more clarity on that hopefully later this week. But I saw this from D1 Baseball. And D1 Baseball is probably the best site that covers college baseball. I mean, if there's another one, let me know. But Kendall Rogers and his crew do a really good job covering college sports and college baseball. And their top 25 came out today. Florida number one, UCLA number two. Texas Tech at number three, Vandy at four, Louisville at five, Ole Miss at six, Mississippi State at seven, Arkansas at eight, Texas at nine, and your TCU Horn Frogs come in at number 10. A top 10 ranking uh, as shared from Collegiate Baseball Nation. They did their preseason poll last week. They had TCU at number nine. D1 Baseball has them at 10, so kind of in that similar, that same range. Another top 10 preseason ranking for TCU Baseball. Now, the, the issue with this is, or issue, uh, compliment, whatever you want to say about it, they're the 10th team in the nation, and they're the third team in the Big 12 on that list. Tech's three, Texas is nine, and Texas Tech, over the past few years, has kind of become what I thought TCU would be year in and year out. And I still think it's a, an amazing program. Don't get me wrong. But I have high expectation for this group every year. And I just feel like they're at a point when they ran off those four straight college world series appearances, they shouldn't return like the ceiling from that and the floor from that, the floor from that, excuse me, should not be we're a team that's either barely making the tournament. I mean, two years ago they made the tournament and they played well in the regional. I mean, they made it to the regional final, just ran into an Arkansas team that they, they couldn't beat, but I mean, they were a controversial pick. A lot of folks were like, I don't know if TCU has the resume to get in. Going in to that Big 12 tournament, it looked like the only way the Frogs were going to make it is if they won the conference title or won the conference tournament. And they almost did that what's now, I guess, three years ago when they unfortunately fell to Baylor in that extra innings game. But that was another season where they were sort of just a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team. They had some disappointing losses. They had some weekend series that didn't make a lot of sense and then they played really well in the postseason tournament and almost snuck in the NCAA tournament that year but just couldn't quite close it out 
So I hope they're returning this season to those Omaha ways. And I know last year it felt like that team could have made it. I, I still, I was a little skeptical. There were people that said, oh yeah, that was an Omaha team for sure. Maybe they would have rounded into that. I feel like there were still just too many inexcusable losses from that team that didn't make a lot of sense for me to just go right out and say that they were going to do that. But they had a lot of depth in their pitching. The lineup was better, and it felt like they were uh, they, they could have made that happen. And now this season, I mean, everybody's going to be deep. Everybody in college baseball feels like they're deep because of all the people that are coming back. But you have, on a, you know, a potential weekend series, you have Johnny Ray going on Friday, who was a JUCO transfer uh, that looked really good when he was a Friday. He walked in as a Friday starter, and I think he handled it about as well as you could have expected him to in those circumstances. He threw good innings pretty much every time he was out there. And then Charles King, Chuck King, who sort of emerged towards the end of the season a couple of years ago as a legitimate starter, a guy that could go out there and give you six solid innings. He was probably the most consistent player on that team. I mean, you didn't always know, like with Johnny Ray, you could get seven innings and two hits and zero runs. He could also run out there and struggle a little bit. But with, uh, I mean, with Chuck, you felt like you were going to get six solid innings every time he took the ball. And you also have Dalton Brown, who's been banged up, but can really light up, um, you know, the, the radar gun. He's going to be a guy that I think will be in the mix to start. Jacob Meteor, who we, we hardly saw last year. who's technically still a freshman, but from Burleson, highly touted prospect. He's coming in. He's another really good player. Um, you have a deep lineup. I mean, this, this team is set up well. And especially with the arms in the bullpen, you got a guy like Halen Green who was incredible um, down the stretch a couple of years ago and looked really good from the early returns last year. And then you got guys like Russell Smith, Marcelo Perez, who can just smoke it. I mean, can just really sting the ball and is a good late inning reliever. So they have a ton of options. So you got three Big 12 teams in the top 10. Also in the Big 12, you have Oklahoma State at 20 and West Virginia at 14. How about the Mountaineers? They've really improved over the past couple seasons, and that's become another series that you have to mark down and say, hey, well, <laughs> that's another game. You're going to have to – or no, that's another three games that you're going to have to go out there and fight and claw and scratch and try to make things happen. So I'm excited for TCU baseball. I think, you know, they – they're set up to be really good. I just I, I want to see it. I, I think the, the two years have sort of given me pause for high expectations for this team. But I understand that the roster's there. They're getting some really good preseason pub and another top 10 preseason ranking from D1 Baseball. So we'll monitor that as we continue to inch closer towards baseball season. And hopefully uh, we'll have a schedule here soon. I'll come back. Wrap things up. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we do that, though, if you're like me, you don't know much about cars. And hey, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just not my thing. I know a lot of you do, but maybe if you don't, I would encourage you to use rockauto.com. Rock Auto is actually a small business. I know it's a website, but it's a small business that's been serving customers for years. 
And nowadays, there's so many makes, there's so many models, there's so many different parts in your car. It might be overwhelming to you. And Rock Auto makes it easy. They give you great selection. They let you compare prices. They let you compare brands. You get reviews. You get to understand what your car needs. Reliably low prices, great service, and the best parts your car will ever need. When you go to rockauto.com, make sure you find the drop-down box that says, how did you find us, and click Locked On. That helps us, and that helps them. It helps them know that this advertising is working. Next time your car breaks down, something happens, you need a part, rockauto.com. It's for the do-it-yourselfers. It's for professionals. Again, that's rockauto.com. Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment of the day. Steven Simcox with you, your host, and I appreciate you being with me. Don't forget to subscribe. Tomorrow, uh, TCU takes on Texas Tech tomorrow night in men's basketball, so we'll preview that. We'll get a little uh, preview of another ranked opponent for TCU men's basketball. But they've had some time off. They've had that week and a half off, so can they give a better effort going in to that game? And then uh, the TCU women play Texas at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. So we'll have a TCU basketball preview, and we'll continue to uh, look at you know some rescheduled games. TCU had a, a game postponed against West Virginia, and that got rescheduled today. So I'll let you know about the time and the date on that, and we'll try to cover some ground with Horn Frogs basketball. But I'm going to talk some football in this segment. Before I do that, though, again, I'd love it if you'd subscribe to the show. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your pod. And what that does is it allows me uh, or it allows you to get the show immediately. Like as soon as I post it, it gets downloaded to your phone and then you can listen to it whenever and wherever on your morning commute, on your way to the gym, whatever it might be. You can listen to Locked on Horn Frogs. And uh, if you like the show, tell somebody about it. Tell a friend. You know, let somebody know. Uh, I, I'd love to build more subscribers, build more listeners, and of course, grow the show as much as I can. So, thanks for uh, rolling with me today, and I hope you roll with me tomorrow. And you can always, you know, look back at earlier episodes this week on Monday. I broke the news, or I broke down the news. I didn't break the news, but I broke down the news that TJ Stormett would be uh, in the transfer portal and kind of what that means for the offensive line. I thought he was going to be a huge piece of this 2021 TCU football team. That's now not the case. So what does this mean moving forward, and how can they sort of manage that and make up for what they're losing? So that's on Monday's episode. If you'd like to go back and listen to it, I'd appreciate you doing that. I know not everybody can you know tune in at the same time five days a week, but if you want to catch up here and there, I'll try to let you know what I have coming up and what I've just done. So it makes it easier to uh, say, oh, I'd really like to circle back and catch up with that if you missed something. Um, I want to talk about something, though, that I think flew under the radar, at least for me, on the TCU football front today. So today was the, the day that you could declare for the NFL draft. So if someone didn't declare for the NFL draft, it doesn't necessarily mean 100% that they're headed back to TCU because they could enter the transfer portal. But... Uh, it's it's a good indication. It's a good indication, or it's a good sign that at least the frogs have a good chance at them returning because they're going to stay in college and they're not going to go pro. So J.D. Spielman, who was the transfer wide receiver from Nebraska, the son of Rick Spielman, who's an NFL GM, he did not declare for the NFL draft, which means he's expected to come back and play at TCU, and that's big news for this receiving core. You know, I was super excited about J.D. He is a legit NFL wide receiver. He had over 800 yards receiving all three years he was at Nebraska. 
And I mean, his season never really got off the ground here in Fort Worth because he was hurt. I mean, he just, he got banged up early on. He couldn't play. He had the season ended injury. So his stats from last season are not going to get you too excited, but this is a really good talent at that wide receiver position. And now that wideout spot, you have Quentin Johnston, who was an absolute monster down the stretch, you know, could catch the 50-50 ball, would go up and make big plays. Spielman, by the way, had five receptions for 56 yards, but he played in three games. So, you know, one of those was the K-State game where the offense was just abysmal and he got hurt. We didn't really scratch the surface of what J.D. could do aside from in the punt return game. Quentin Johnson, monster. Tay Barber, solid possession receiver, can play in the slot, explosive, can make plays in space. Spielman, another guy that you can kind of move around, you can play him in the slot, you can play him on the outside. Again, explosive, can make plays in space. Savion Williams, who didn't do anything on the receiving front this year, but was a kick returner, he'll be in the mix. I mean, you have to execute. And and here's... Here's why it's it's concerning because you say all these things and like I listed off some really dynamic players at those skill positions. And you add in at running back, you have Zach Evans, five-star recruit, really good player. Darwin Barlow, really solid running back, was their number one running back for a lot of the year. And then Kendra Miller, who at times looked like the best back, tough, gets hard-nosed yards. I think it's somebody that can come in and give you a change of pace. He's physical. He'll run downhill. He'll grind it out a little bit. Now, you just have to find a way to use them. And you have to find a way to block up front and allow your quarterback to make plays. Now, I still think Max Duggan is going to be your guy. But, I mean, Chandler Morris will have a chance to compete. And... My main point in the segment, though, is this wide receiving core is shaping up to be really good. And it's, again, another part of this offense that looks like it could be very dynamic, really explosive. So I hope they find ways to get the ball to their playmakers in space. And when I say I hope they find ways, I hope it's in more than just jet sweeps. <laughs> I hope we're not just handing jet sweeps off to J.D. Spielman all year. That is one way to get him the ball, and he can run, and he can make guys miss and get down the field, and that's fantastic. I I think there are other ways that we could get him involved and be creative with him, and I hope more in the passing game, in the route tree, and in how you line him up, and the matchups you put him in, and allowing him to try to win one-on-one matchups. That's what I want to see from TCU football in 2021. That's what I hope I get to see from Doug Meacham and TCU football in 2021. And it's a big addition. I look at it as an addition because JD, again, didn't really play last year. So it's almost like you're adding a newcomer to the fold for a position group that really seemed to come on and progress as the season uh, went deeper and rounded into form. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. I appreciate you listening to me today. I'm Steven Simcox. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. I'm part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.